0: Hi, my name is Mark Johnson. I'm the National Customs and Trade Control Director at Kumanagul. I'm also known affectionately in Kumanagul UK as Mr Brexit and I know that a lot of people are tired of wading through the news and trying to figure out what the impact of the UK leaving the EU will have on their business. This podcast will cover the burning questions we're all asking about how Brexit will affect trade and the logistics industry. Hi everybody, welcome to podcast number three. For this session, I'm pleased to be joined by uh, Layla Lockhart, who's from our national customs sales team. So, welcome, Layla. Uh, Hi. Mark. Hi. <laughs> and, um, I'm going to hand straight over to you, and let's just get into the questions straight away and see if we can bring some clarity to where we are.
1: Certainly. So, the first question I have for you today, Mark, is what is CFSP? So,
0: CFSP. CFSP is an existing HM Revenue and Customs procedure that is been in uh, industry for uh, many years. It effectively enables you to defer doing a full declaration at the time a consignment crosses the border to, in normal circumstances, to the fourth day of the month. Now, what HM Revenue and Customs have done is adapted this process to enable importers who are importing non-controlled goods. So it's very important that it's non-controlled goods. So those importers that are importing goods as from the 1st of January will have the ability to defer their declaration, doing their full declaration until until July 2021. So effectively six months to do their declaration. This is a rolling six month deferral. So in other words, January would have to be completed by July, February by August, March by September and so on until we get to the end of the year. It does enable you to defer the duties that are due as well as the completion of the declaration and it will be, it will just support those businesses that are moving non-controlled goods through to July to enable them to be prepared, get themselves organized on how they're going to do their full declaration.
1: And if I, as a customer, already have my own CFSP approval, I've had it long-standing because I import from the rest of the world today outside of Europe, can I also benefit from the six months deferred
0: so you can use that cfsp uh, approval for your eu shipments but you can only use the six months deferral for eu shipments so if you use cfsp today for third country goods You have got to continue to use that CFSP approval in the normal manner, which means you have to do your declaration by the fourth day of the following month. So it it is important that with the CFSP approval already in place, you utilise it
1: as it is designed to be. Okay, that makes sense. I understand with CFSP, it's almost like a two step process. Are there any other additional benefits that a customer may see outside of the deferring the duty? If a customer is struggling to make a decision as to whether they want to go down the CFSP route, can we provide them with any additional benefits outside of the cash flow?
0: So, of course, the additional benefit is not having to have all of the complete data set required ...for an import declaration at the time it moves across the border. So as an example, you may have a vehicle that loads in Paris at five o'clock... ...shuts the door on a Friday night and it would be in Calais by three and a half hours later, half past eight. And if you're not in a position to provide the data set for those goods that are on that vehicle... In the required manner to have the import declaration done at the time you arrives on the border, then that vehicle is going to be stuck at the border. So the idea of, uh, of introducing the, the CFSP and having that staged approach is you can provide that data set at a later date, i.e. Uh, six months on. Of course, it's optional. You may choose to, to, to want to submit that declaration for January, As per the normal fashion by the fourth day of the following month, or you might want to do it in March, you've got that time to do your declaration is completely up to you, but it has to be done within that six month uh, regime.
1: And of course, I guess then whether you choose to apply for CFSP is also the customer's choice as well, There's, there's no mandate to use it.
0: Uh, No, it is the customer's choice. You do not have to use it. You can do the full declaration at the time if you can get the detail to your intermediary to do that declaration before it crosses the border. However, what is really important is if you are going to use this staged approach and defer those declarations, you start using it in January, you have committed to getting your CFSP approval in place before July. So whilst you don't need the actual approval authorization come January, if you use it in January, you have effectively laid down the card that says you're going to get your CFSP approval in place by July when you come to do your final declaration.
1: But obviously, if I choose not to go down the route of CFSP as a customer, then that becomes Finally,
0: a, You just do no. a full declaration at the border, but you need to make sure the data set is with your internet, correct?
1: Perfect. Thank you, Mark. I have a, a few questions around uh, deferment accounts. Can mm-hmm. you give me an overview on what a deferment account is and... How do I go about assessing the credit limit I might need?
0: So a deferment account is effectively a way of deferring the duty on a normal customs declaration So, effectively, it's an account that you have set up with HM Revenue and Customs. You need to have it guaranteed by the bank, although the government have allowed for Brexit an easement where you will not require a guarantee for the level up to £10,000. Per month. So that's a waiver to get that guarantee. So the idea of the, the deferment account is uh, you must have it if you're doing CFSP because you need to defer your, uh, you, you are already declaring you're going to defer your duty. The idea is the account is set up for roughly the amount of duty you will pay in any one month. So a deferment account normally works on a monthly basis. You account for the duty and VAT that is applicable through that month. And then on the 17th day of the following month, HM Revenue and Customs come and ask you for the total sum that you have put on your deferment through the previous month. Of course, uh, I mentioned VAT. The government have introduced PVA, which is postponed bank accounting. So as from the 1st of January, you can utilise PVA, which means that you will not have to account at the time of import for VAT. You can postpone that and account for that through your normal back returns. I guess what's really important is that you try and calculate what your predicted duty rates are going to be for any trading month so that you can set up an account that is going to be sufficient to cover the outlay of that trading month.
1: If then a customer had zero rated commodities Mm -hmm. and they were going to utilise the new postponed VAT accounting model, would they still need a deferment account?
0: So you wouldn't physically need it because there is nothing to be paid at the time of import or indeed at the time of deferring. So effectively, no, you don't need a deferment. However, a really important point here is if you're going to use the CFSP, you do have to set a deferment account just in case there should be anything that you bring in at a later date that does either attract duty or will only attract duty.
1: Is it possible to use your intermediary's deferment account?
0: Yes, absolutely. You can use your intermediaries. That's a commercial relationship between you and the intermediary. So uh, you would have to get some sort of agreement on uh, the intermediary paying it on your behalf and whether they want clear funds Prior to delivery, or whether they're prepared to give you credit, and whether they are going to charge you for utilising the facility. But yes, you can use deliveries.
1: And you mentioned about the postponed VAT accounting. Mark, is that just for EU, or am I right in assuming that if I'm a customer, then I import from a third country today, I can also utilise postponed VAT accounting?
0: Yeah, that's a brilliant question, Leila, because I'm not sure that that is necessarily out there. So the postponed VAT accounting was something that the Chancellor bought in in the budget back in March of this year. So it applies to all imported goods, whether they are third country or EU. So actually, if you're an importer of uh, of third country goods, you will actually get a positive cash flow injection, albeit that we might be paying duty on the EU goods. You will get a positive impact of 20% because you only have to account for it through your fat returns and not physically pay it and claim it back. So it is a good it is the, one of the good news stories out of Brexit.
1: So potentially, then my deferment account limit might go the other way, it, it could decrease as opposed to increase as a result of Brexit.
0: Yeah, and that's, a, uh, again, that's a very good point, because I think most people are thinking, Oh, my God, I've got to increase my deferment account. Well, actually, you take out 20%. And all of a sudden, no, you're probably not. I mean, even in Kunanago's and Argo's world, and we have a 15 million pound deferment account every month, We're not adjusting that because actually we won't be paying all the duty on behalf of some of sorry the VAT on behalf of our customers uh, moving forward. It'll only be the increased duty. So we don't believe that we need to increase our limit at all.
1: Perfect. Thank you very much for that, Mark. Moving on to the Aurora number. Can you tell me a little bit about how I go about getting an EU Aurora number? I have a UK one currently, but do I need one in the EU and how do I get that?
0: So if you are uh, acting as the importer of record in the EU for GB exporting goods, you will need an EU Aurori number. So an EU Aurora number can be set up in any EU trading country, so any of the 27 that are remaining. But what is really important is that where the goods physically go, so you might set up your EU Aurori number in Holland but the goods might physically go to France, you do need to be VAT registered in France and your French VAT registration must be linked to your EU Aurora number. That last bit of linking whatever physical country of destination within the EU that number to the EU aurora is something that a lot of organisations miss. So that's really important you do that. But again, it is only when you are acting as the importer of record in the country, in the EU, uh, as a GB organisation.
1: And that would be dictated by my INCO term, is that correct, Mark?
0: Well, yes, if you're delivering delivered duty paid, then uh, the responsibility for your imports lies with the seller on a GB export. So uh, you either, which is what we would recommend, change your INCO terms to DAP, because actually DDP doesn't really work in a post-Brexit world because the responsibility sits with the seller. So our first advice in regards to terms would be to try and change them to DAP, um, because otherwise there is a conflict in the the customs declaration and the representation type.
1: And I assume that works in reverse if uh, you were a UK business collecting out of the EU on an X-Works term. I, I assume that's the same.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, X-Works out of an EU is only the challenge around X-Works terms out of the EU. is only the issue about acting, acting as the exporter of record because your seller would not want to act as the exporter of record because the terms are X-Works. So a DDP for EU to GB is exactly the same as, as DDP for GB to EU. But it's a, it is a bit of a minefield, but it's one that really hasn't landed on, on organisations radar screens. So for getting an EU Aurora number, very similar to the way you get for the GB, only different landing sites. So for a GB Aurora number, you go to the gov.uk website. For an EU Aurora number, you go to the eu.europa. EU website, so to get Europe to apply for a, 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 an EU Aurora number. I would say that some countries are allowing you to apply for an EU Aurora number, but they are not issuing them until the 1st of January. One country in particular is wrong. That's something to bear in
1: mind. Perfect. Thank you very much, Mark. You touched upon DDP and INCO terms in, in your last answer. Can you give us a little bit more detail around how DDP might work in a post-Brexit environment and what the biggest risks and issues are for customers?
0: So, yeah, I mentioned it already because DDP terms really don't work in a post-Brexit world. DDP terms on a GB export to the EU, it works the same way, means that the seller is absolutely responsible and needs to act as the legal entity importing the goods into the EU. If that is the case, then they need to set up a legally established organisation. They must be fiscally representative. They must have an EU Aurora number. They must have an EU VAT number and they must physically be registered in one of the EU 27 countries. So it really is a challenge, DDB terms, and our recommendation would be actually don't continue to trade as DDB terms, but change them to DAP, which is delivered at place. Those terms work far better in a post-Brexit world.
1: You mentioned they must be established in the EU. Am I right to assume that means they cannot just set up a business? It has to be a fully-fledged, bona fide trading business?
0: Fully legally established in the EU, so you need to... It can be an organisation that is established via an accountant or a a, firm of solicitors, but they have to be legally registered so that they can be accounted for by the local EU authorities as far as collection of taxes and duties.
1: Perfect. Thank you very much, Mark. Thank you so much for going through those questions with me today. Incredibly informative and speak to you on the next podcast.
0: Lovely. Thanks for that, Leila. Yeah, many questions still unanswered, but look forward to engaging with you all in, in future episodes.